Happy Sunday, everyone. So I have some, I guess we'd call it historical trivia for you today. In 1899, during a speech in Philadelphia, Congressman Willard Duncan said these words, I come from a state that raises corn and cotton and cockleburs and Democrats, and frothy eloquence neither convinces nor satisfies me. I'm from Missouri. You have got to show me. So over a hundred and some years ago, Missouri became known as the show me state. And by that, meaning, you know, enough of this talking about stuff, I'm going to believe it when I see it. But I want to ask you about this, and, and no offense to anyone here, of course, who's from Missouri, but is that the way it works? Do we have to wait until we're shown a thing before we can believe in a thing? Because you know what? I kind of think, and maybe I'm crazy, but I kind of think it works the other way. And I want to talk about it today. Today we're talking about possibility thinking, and my own guess is that we never get beyond the possibilities of possibility thinking. And do you know what I mean by that? The idea that, oh yeah, there are all these things I could do. There are all these ways of being in the world that I can be. I, I enjoyed Nancy's prayer talking about the infinite nature of God, but how many of us are really willing, ready, if you will, embarking upon that path of that infinity? Or, by and large, are we all from the show me state? Do you know what I mean? Going to wait kind of until it's delivered up in front of us before we're going to take a stab at seizing some of those glorious, amazing possibilities. So how do we get over that? If really we believe that the universe is infinite, that there is good out there for us, if we're going to be stuck in this idea of my good is something that I already know what it is, it's, like it's already defined in my life, if we're going to get beyond that, we've got to move away from waiting until we can actually see it to think of it. Truly, we need to begin acting on our possibilities when we're almost not even sure what they are. And we're going to talk about that today. So, in fact, let me use an example here. So we're all used to tootling around in, in automobiles, right? Of course you realize that everything necessary to create and drive an automobile existed 10,000 years ago, right? The petroleum was still in the ground that if someone had the, the gumption, they could have made it into gasoline, right? The, the minerals were in the earth, could have had steel 5,000 years ago. It might have been a little difficult to drive that car without any roads 5,000 years ago, but everything necessary from that perspective of natural resources and, and even the, the uh, physical capabilities of the internal combustion uh, engine, you know, that idea of using an explosive force to move forward in the world, all of those scientific principles, all of that material existed forever. If we truly were all from Missouri, and again, I'm, I apologize, I'm not beating up anyone from the Midwest, but if truly all of us were limited by having to wait to see it until we believed it, we still wouldn't have the car, would we? Somebody somewhere along the way had to say to themselves, 
you know, I'm kind of envisioning some way of getting around in the world that isn't just my own walking power, my own pedal power, my own, right? There ought to be some way of hooking up something like an engine, you know? That, that doohickey we're using for other things ought to be able to be employed in a way that will get me from here to there using some other energy source other than my own legs. Someone out there somewhere had to say, I can envision this thing in my head before it came to reality in the world. Are we good at that, though? I wonder, because if this is a, a world of infinite, infinite possibilities, if this world is a, a world of infinite resources, how often are we willing to go beyond what we already know and do something about it? Well, I'm going to give us three ways to approach this today. The first way that we can expand our own ability to receive more, to understand more, to accept more of these infinite possibilities in our life, I want to call the, the sort of uh, dramatic way, if you will, the, the way of the, uh, the radical change of heart, the, the dramatic moment, the, uh, the whatever you want to call it, there have been different words throughout the world, it's like a revelational way. But what it is, is you just set yourself up to be in an amazing, receptive mood. And some people do this through meditation. Other people do it through uh, uh, really embarking on crazy new things in their life, like, like starting a brand new job, going back to school. Some people will literally take a plunge, if you will, for newness. And that's one of the ways to do it. If you have an, an inkling that you want to learn a foreign language, Pack up and move to a foreign... I know this sounds dramatic, but pack up and move to a foreign country where they teach that language, right? This is dramatic, it's bold, and yet you will experience newness that you have never experienced before. If you, Yeah, Reverend Lynn will tell you all about it <laughs> after the service. If you want to experience new, you know, I was talking to, uh, uh, to our friend Donna Lynn here, and she's back in school again. It, isn't it true? If you want to experience newness in your life, it's like go back to school. It will set your world afire. Uh, well, and probably ruin your schedule and all kinds of things. But that might be, that might be the price you have to pay if you want a revolution in thought. If you want that total instant, almost instant can-do attitude of everything's different and so everything's fresh, you know, take a real lifestyle change, you know, move somewhere radically different, go back to school, really shake up your environment and the newness of life itself will present itself. Now, you'll get some upset too, <laughs> and that's okay, I hope. <laughs> But that's the revelatory way. That's the, the shake-up way to bring newness in your life. And all kinds of possibilities will come from that. The second method that I want to talk about briefly today is no more than really overcoming obstacles. Most of the possibilities in your life right now that would be wonderful, that would be dreamy, that would be wholesome, that would be invigorating. Most of the possibilities in your life right now, you have simply convinced yourself that you're not ready for it, you're not smart enough for it, uh, that it wouldn't fit into your schedule, that um, you know only you can fill in the answers. But most of the infinite possibilities in your life, the only thing standing in between you and them 
is your own idea of why you couldn't, why you shouldn't, why you oughtn't, why you're too old, why you're not pretty enough, why you don't have enough money, and the list goes on. Have you ever argued with yourself? <laughs> I want to suggest, now normally this is a bad idea, right? Arguing with yourself, especially if you're on public transportation. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't recommend it. <laughs> I was on Max the other day, and I, I think there were two people on there arguing with themselves, and it didn't look so good. But I want to suggest that there is an actual time and place when arguing with yourself is a great idea, and that's when you have put some limit on yourself. Have a good factual argument with yourself. Well, why can't I do that? What do I mean there's not enough money to go back to school? What do, what do I mean I don't have enough time to go kayaking or learn, learn how to be in the dragon boat races? Or, you know, I was watching the, the dragon boat racers on, on the Willamette the other day, and oh my Lord, I thought of at least 100 reasons why I couldn't do that. And then, as, <laughs> then I was, as I was in the car driving home, I said, you fool, Larry. Of course you could do that. Of course you could do that. Have an argument with yourself if you are keeping your own self from something that you want to do. Because you are young enough, you are handsome enough, you're smart enough, you're talented enough, you have the right resources, the, the time is appropriate. There is no reason on this planet that you cannot do the things you want to do except for a thought, except for your own idea. Now, I won't say that acting upon your ideas, acting upon your dreams will always be easy, I'm sure it wasn't easy for Lynn to pack up and move to uh, Mexico, although I wonder, a lot of things seem pretty easy for her, and I bet it wasn't entirely easy for you to be back in school, but I bet once you put your heart and your mind to it and you got rid of the obstacles in your own mind, the sailing was smooth. There's a third way we can get into... Uh, um, more possibility thinking and acting upon those possibilities. And that leads me into today's joke. <laughs> so two women were out for a Sunday stroll. One of them had a Doberman Pinscher, and the other one had a Chihuahua. As they sauntered down the she street, the one with the Doberman said to her friend, you know, let's go over to that tavern there and have a drink. The one with the Chihuahua said, we can't go in there. We've got our dogs. They won't allow dogs in there. The one with the Doberman said, just take my lead, I'll show you. So she walked over to the bar, and one, the one with the Doberman put on a pair of dark glasses and started to walk in. The fellow at the door said, no, I'm sorry, there are no dogs in here. The woman said, you don't understand, this is my uh, companion dog. It's, uh, it's part of the state program to, to help me in public situations. Well, the man at the door kind of shook his head a little bit, and he said, a Doberman pincher? And she said, oh, they're training all kinds of animals now. And the Doberman is known for being loyal and protective, and really, it's a, it's a great thing. Well, the man at the door backed down, said, okay, all right, you can come in. Next up, however, the woman with the chihuahua. She figured, what the heck, I ought to give it a try. So she put on a pair of dark glasses and started to walk in also. Again, the fellow at the door, no dogs in here. She said, this is my companion dog for, for safety purposes in public. <laughs> and the man said, a chihuahua? Come on, lady. The woman looked 
initially startled, but she kind of gathered her gumption and said, a chihuahua? You're kidding me. They gave me one of the chihuahuas? In she came. So my third suggestion for possibility thinking is to work yourself up to it. Are you in the position where you can't simply bite off the whole nine yards? I, I know in a class not too long ago, I had someone whose fondest dream was to have a million dollars. And so we worked on some affirmations around it. We worked on, uh, really, I thought, a pretty good treatment around it. And as he read it out loud in the class, which is one of the things we do in foundations class, you know what? I could hear it in his voice that there wasn't much conviction, really conviction, around knowing that he could have a million dollars in that moment. And so uh, on a break afterwards, I said, you know, I got I to gotta tell you, I didn't really hear it in your voice. And he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, you can tell when people are fibbing. Do you know what I mean? And I said, it almost sounded like you were fibbing. And, and of course, you can't fib to God. I mean, you can, you know, it just doesn't work that way. And he said, well, you know, I suppose you're right. He said, in a way, I've never had that much money before. And I kind of don't see, even though that's what I want, I don't see it happening. And I said, unfortunately, if you can't claim it, if you can't see it happening for you, it, it's not going to happen. And initially he was dejected, but I said, well, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Of course we can get there. It may take a few degrees, but of course we can get there. I said, uh, I, I said take wh whatever you're making right now in your current job. Couldn't you imagine yourself getting a 20% raise? And he went, well, that would be a stretch, but yeah, I could imagine getting a 20% raise. In fact, he said, I think I'm a little undervalued there. A 20% raise would be right about what I should be making. And I said, now see, I heard you just say that, and you said that with conviction. That wasn't your I'm never going to get it voice. That was I should already have it voice. That is you taking some steps forward into actually claiming and seizing some of your potential on the planet. So let us work on a prayer. Like if 20% was easy, let's imagine maybe 25% then or 30% because you can imagine that. You could have that. You would know where you would invest it. You would, you would know how to deal with 20% or 30% more of your salary. And he said, you know, you're right. So to get to a million dollars, to get to an extraordinarily wonderful relationship, to get to a great new job, to get to whatever it is, it's also okay if we don't do it in one jump. Now the revolution idea that we started with is a great one, but if you can't set yourself up for a revolution, then let's do it by evolution. Let's do it a step at a time. It's fine. It's absolutely okay. And then when you've ushered in, you know, a reasonable amount of love in your life, when you've ushered in a sustainable amount of income in your life, when you've ushered in the level of faith or the, the style of the dreams you want or whatever it is to a comfortable level, then let's reimagine it again. Then let's simply go back to the drawing board and go from better to better. Let's go from good to great. Let's go incrementally for whatever comes next. 
What I know for each person in this room here is that there is a spiritual evolution at hand, always. And with any evolutionary process, for those of you who've studied evolution a little bit in college or high school, what you know is that there are both leaps of evolution and there are small increments. And in, and in fact, one of the researches, they were trying to figure out where organisms first developed eyes. Now think about this. It makes sense that in an incremental way, vision might be improving over the course of the millennium. Do you know what I mean? That the birds with the sharper eyes have a better chance at finding the fish in the water or, or that uh, you know, animals with better eyesight are either better at avoiding prey or, or at finding dinner at night. So it makes sense that over time, the animals with the better eyesight would you know, live longer. But the first eye there would have been no evolutionary, you know, short-term evolutionary thing for that first creature out there that could sense the light. In fact, it was probably bewildering. It might have been a disadvantage. Evolution doesn't always go one tiny increment at a time. Sometimes it's a fabulous, fabulous leap of faith. What's it going to be for you? I guess that's my question today. I think we would agree we're not going to just wait for our fondest dreams to be handed to us. If we do that, if we, if we cling to the idea that we have to see it in order to believe it, we're pretty much going to get what we have right now because that's what we're seeing. That's what we're creating in our world. What is our next dream? What is the next possibility that we're going to take into reality? Your homework this week is a simple one. I would guess that everyone in this room has an idea of their spiritual path and where they would like to go next. I would like you, and this is a, an imagination exercise, this is a possibility thinking exercise, this is an exercise that you could do in a light meditation or for people who like to journal, you know, exhaustively journal for a few hours around it. Where, spiritually, would you like to go next? Is it uh, awakening of your connection to God? Is it awakening of some of the talents that perhaps you haven't used in a while? Is it uh, um, an educational practice that you want to go upon? Is it increasing your abundance power or your ability to love more in the world? All of these could be part of your spiritual path. I would like you this week to pick an area in your life that you would like to grow a little bit and dream big. Next week, we're going to learn how to take these dreams into reality. We're going to learn how to seize the possibility so that it's no longer just possibility thinking, but it's possibilities into reality. But to do that, I want everybody here dreaming very big. I'd like everyone here next week to have in their own heart, in their own mind's eye, something that they would like to do or be or embark upon that maybe seems a little far-fetched. Something that is like taking the idea of a, of a gasoline combustion engine when right now you, you think of yourself in the Mesolithic age. Do you know what I mean? It's like, let's dream really big. And next week we'll talk a little bit more concretely about how to get there. 
I'm going to close with a, a quote from this great book we're using for inspiration this month, this book of Ernest Holmes that's been recently reprinted called Think Your Troubles Away. And really, it's a series of essays on faith and on freedom. So here's how he closes out this week's chapter. He says, We believe all good is available to us always. Now as much of that good comes to us as we are able to perceive. Therefore, in our mind, we must definitely remove any thoughts, anything that would stay in the way of that which is for us. Good always exists. We can experience it. Everything that we do, everything that we say and think is based upon the infinite possibility of goodness, truth, and beauty. Our good is at hand. And this is the day in which it is to be received if we will but accept it. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence in the universe. It is this thing that I call life. And what I know about life is that it is truly infinite. The possibilities exist for everything. And on this day, for myself and the people in this room, I accept the idea that the possibilities in my life are looming large and that I am ready to embark upon a series of changes in my life, whether they be evolutionary, whether they be revolutionary, or whether I simply am talking myself out of saying no to them, so that the possibilities become realities. For each person in this room, I know that possibility thinking turns into realities now and forever. That which we are able to perceive in our mind we will indeed see in the world. I'm grateful for this. Grateful always to be in the power and presence of God as it takes the form of the people in this room. Grateful for the goodness of life. I let it be, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today.